0: Science podcast. My name is Holly Bubbles, and welcome back to the third Sunday after Pentecost for the week of June 30th, 2019. And I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to get into this week's podcast. And I am excited that we up here in northern Minnesota are starting to feel somewhat like we're in summer. And it's amazing how it's taken this long to get there, but we have gotten there. And it's amazing as We look at this upcoming week that here in the United States, this is going to have Independence Day as part of this next week as we reflect and think about and contemplate what it took to make this country. And wherever you are in the world, most countries have some type of Independence Day, some type of day where they're recognizing their government and how it came to be. And if you get some time here this next week, week and a half, contemplate what it took to go through. I know for me, a couple years back, I watched a play called 1776, which went through kind of a basic overline of what it actually took to get this country started here in the States. And it's amazing. And it was one of those things for me that I still am wrestling with nearly two years after seeing the play on, I don't feel I celebrate Independence Day correctly. And I don't know what that means. I don't know what I'm supposed to look like or how I'm supposed to celebrate it, but I still struggle and wrestle with that idea. Like a lot of things in faith, it's kind of one of these things where when I look at what was done so that I would be able to have the freedoms to even be able to come to you and speak into this microphone and express some of my ideas as I'm trying to link faith and science together, I also feel that I just don't recognize the people who did this for me enough. And it's something to grapple with, something to wrestle with here this next week, and to contemplate, what does this all mean? So before we get into this week's podcast, we have to do our shameless plug for Working Preacher. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it between their Sermon Brainways podcast, their commentaries, their discussions coming out of Luther Seminary in St. Paul. It's great to be able to hear seminary professors talk about and dissect and break down these texts, especially since I'm not an ordained minister. So if you haven't checked out workingpreacher.org, I'd highly recommend it. Before we get into this week's podcast, we also need to look at last week's Twitter question, Which is, where are you seeing God in others? And again, we leave others open so that we can see it in various different things. I know this last week I was able to take a walk. And it's one of the things that I really appreciate about nature is nature doesn't follow a lot of the constraints that we put on ourselves. The tempo at which the environment runs at is a different tempo than what we as humans typically put upon ourselves. And so it's one of those things where I really enjoy going and checking that out because it's often for me, I find it not only relaxing, but more calming and more like this is the way I'm supposed to live. And it's a good reminder that at times I get worked up over things that I shouldn't and I can see God in nature as I'm walking, as I'm talking with God. But I think there's also a lot of the little things in life that we overlook, such as the communication with people, the person holding the door for you, just being that little bit of God that you're needing that day. Even just the ability to have your car start in the morning as you're going to wherever you are going. It's still a gift from God. It's still an aspect where we can give thanks and we can think about that God's still in that moment, allowing that to happen. So something just a little bit of deeper level to get into, and it will tie into this week's. Because this week, when I'm looking over these texts, it's the idea of we greater than the me or greater than my own ego. And it's one of the hard things I think we have to all wrestle with. And it doesn't seem to matter what age you are. It's something that we wrestle with, especially in the age in which we're in. So without further ado, let's jump into this. The Gospel text is out of Luke chapter 9, verses 51 through 62. And Jesus has set his face toward Jerusalem and is just going there and so he's gone through a village that the samaritans have james and john ask if it should be consumed with fire but he just rebukes them jesus just kind of shoots them down it has this great line coming out of verse 58 foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head And then these other people come to Jesus saying that they want to follow, but first let me bury my father, or I want to follow, but let me first say farewell to those at home. And Jesus, again, just shoots through it and says, let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God, or no one puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God this idea that we are on something of a greater calling than just what the world is telling us to do. And that's hard at times to grapple with, to work with, to wrestle with, of how do we have this calling and just continue to move forward with it and realize that people will come alongside. But we have to remember that the mission is to continue to spread the news of Christ. And that's a difficult message, I think even especially for today, to be able to work with and grapple with and go with. The first reading is from 1 Kings chapter 19 verses 15 and 16 and 19 through 21. This comes directly after last week's, if you were looking at that, and that would be the alternative first reading from last week. This is where you had Elijah who was in the caves And he was saying, Lord, take my life. I shouldn't be here. And now the Lord has kind of shown, no, you are not the only prophet that is left. So here, go and anoint these different people who are believers in your place and ended up here with Elijah to follow Elisha. As to kind of contemplate and to figure out what it really means to be a prophet. And Elijah, what he does here is he returns after being anointed and kills the oxen. He doesn't put his hand to the plow, as Jesus is referencing, and shares that food with the people that they meet. So this continuing idea of when you are called, that you just you move forward with what God is calling you to do. The alternative first reading is from 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, and then 6 through 14. And this is what I referenced last week, and now it's the actual passage of it talking about how Elijah goes up to heaven without dying in the chariots of fire and he asks Elisha what is it that he is looking for what final gift can he give him and Elisha says please let me inherit a double share of your spirit he responded you have asked for a hard thing yet if you see me as I am being taken from you, it will be granted. If not, it will not. And that's when then, very shortly after, the chariots of fire come and take Elijah away from Elisha. So this story of still having the faith and trusting, and and we're seeing the wisdom coming from Elisha at this moment, and this idea of continuing the journey that they have been on, and continuing to move forward with what we are called to do. The psalm this week is Psalm 16, and this is, I felt, when I was reading through it, kind of a unique psalm, and I really liked it because it was showing that God provides, like we get out of a lot of psalms, but this is also showing how God has blessed this person. How God is constantly working with the person to protect them, to be with them, to help them so that they can rejoice in the blessings that God has given them. And I think it's one of these things that we have to remember that if we are pursuing God and chasing after God's own heart and we're moving forward toward that, that we too can have these types of blessings and realizing that how much God has provided for us. And again, I think it's in this society in which we're in, it's something that we need to think about more and contemplate more and give thanks to more. And seriously, not just a in a passing prayer, making it a consistent part of your prayer life where you're reflecting on, going through what has been provided for you, and giving reasons on why you're thankful for that. I think it's one of these things that we often miss, and we often just ignore, and then we miss some of the blessings that we can get from that. The second reading is from Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 and 13 through 25. So, Paul then is talking to the Galatians here and talking about how because we are not just following the law, because we're following Christ, which sets up again from last week, that we are then following this different road. And again, he then re-summarizes Christ here that we should be following this commandment that you shall love your neighbor as yourself coming from verse 14, but that does not mean that we still aren't at odds with the flesh and how the flesh is going to want different things. And We can tell this coming from verse 19 of fornication, impurities, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, anemones, strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, decessions, infractions, envy, drunkenness, carouseling, and things like these. And then we get what the fruits of the Spirit are coming from verse 22, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These conflicting things, these things that we probably wrestle with on a daily basis as we are fighting this inner fight and trying to allow the spirit of God to overcome the flesh and overcome ourselves. And when you look at these, and like I kind of previewed up at the beginning of this, look at what the ones of the flesh are. A lot of these are ego things, things that would pump us up or makes us do something. It's something about us. Let's think about like when you are angry and you are in a quarrel, as they would put it, you're constantly trying to prove your point and for what reason. Often it is for your own ego. Often it is for some purpose to help you out. And yet when we're looking at this, when you're thinking about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, the peace and the patience and the kindness are all listening type things. Taking the time to absorb and to contemplate and to try to extract as much out of the other person to help then formulate your side of the story as much also. So that you are then working together towards something. So as we're bringing this together with faith and science, like we've talked about recently, like we talked about last week, The working together in science is essential, that we need to be able to work together to be able to see the light or to be able to cut through the noise to make sure that we're actually doing good science, to make sure that we're actually moving forward, we're actually figuring things out, we're not just trying to cut each other down. And it's one of the things that's in science that we can learn from each other. But when we look into science more, there are other ways where it conflicts a little bit and feels more like parts of the flesh coming out of the second reading and kind of against what Christ is even discussing in the Luke text. We've talked about before Nikola Tesla coming up with alternating current and then the competition that ensued between him and Edison with direct current. And part of where I see this coming up is Edison, the problem that he had was multiple folds. The higher voltages that was required with DC, the... Power stations needing to be every few city blocks in New York City, much less how is that going to expand nationally? Edison was so focused on his own gain and building his own brand that he missed the point of what he could actually be doing. That he could have partnered with Tesla to be able to be part of this mass expansion of alternating current. And now, granted, it wasn't to where we are now, but if You think about everything that we use now that's electronic, most of it has some form of converting it back into DC. So if you look at your computer, every power brick, that's for converting it to direct current. Your phone, the plug, the bigger block that goes in the wall, that's converting it back into direct current because electronics don't like the flickering back and forth. It's not easy for their batteries. So did we need both technologies to be able to get to the reality of which we are in now today? Yes. Did Edison not see it? Yes. Tesla, in that case, had a better forward-thinking view. And if the two had come together, they would have been able to realize that there were times that both currents needed to be used. And through cooperation, through humbling oneself, they would have been able to see and realize that this is the forward progression. This is where the potential is. Instead, they missed Edison, at least, missed the boat. That's where, right now, one of the ones that I see this happening with humans is the climate change debate. The proponents, to me, against the climate change debate are in fact the people who are then saying, we don't need to change, we shouldn't change. And the problem with that to me is if you look at what our world is about, our world is about moving forward. Our world is not about standing still. And there's a time and a place for standing still, but there's a time and a place also to continue to move and not get enthralled or romanticize what has happened in the past when i look at the climate change debate and what has been going on with that i see that you have solid scientific studies that keep coming out telling about the story that is looking more and more devastating on what is going on so you're having people argue for the idea of we need to move forward and we need to change. We need to continue to be with the family. We need to go and bury my father. And yet, I don't think that's what Christ would say. Christ would say, you hear, you have the evidence, you have what's going on, then move forward. Make a change. Following Jesus isn't easy. It's making a change. And so, he's offering this opportunity of making a change to move forward. And we don't know what blessings and what opportunities that will bring unless we make that change. That's the hard thing at times with faith is we don't know what's on the other side. We don't know how our life is going to change. We just know that it is going to change and we have to continue to move forward. I'm going to give one more example and this is one that takes it out of the human context and i love finding examples like this and for me i'm going to look at migratory birds now if you know migratory birds that they're gone during the winter and then they come back during the spring and they're here through the late summer and early fall migratory birds when they come up here are all about themselves the males are setting up territory. They're trying to attract females and see if they can actually, in a lot of species, have multiple females. They will guard their territories and try to prevent other invaders, other birds who aren't supposed to be there, from being there. And if you think about it, the only thing they really accomplish is breeding. And a lot of the fathers, especially, aren't even that great at dads. Some are, some aren't. Yet every year we know that it gets cold and it makes it very difficult for these birds to survive. And every year they have to humble themselves, and in this case their testosterone levels goes down substantially. They humble themselves and start to come together. It doesn't matter what had happened, they come together and the only way that they're going to be able to migrate south and make it to their destination is working together. We see it with geese flying in Vs. If you listen and watch, you'll see flocks of birds flying south together. And yet, it's something that they remember when they first come up here because they come back in flocks. Birds don't even have it right. But birds realize the importance that they have to at some point come together. Because together they can find food sources that are bigger than just themselves. Together there's more protection. Together they're able to split the load of cutting wind, literally, for the flock to be able to fly more aerodynamically. They have to come together to do the mission what they have been called to do. They humble themselves to work together, let go of everything that was that summer, whether they successfully bred or didn't, whether they are new and trying to figure out what this whole migratory route is and everything or not. They have to humble themselves and go. We as people struggle with humbling ourselves we see it all around us it's one of the things that actually has been kind of infuriating me a little bit about sports is how many times are we hearing about they have to create their own brand or this is a brand move take the word brand and make it ego this is an ego move he has to develop his ego and i use his because this typically is more of a male dominated thing because when you even look at women's professional sports we don't hear this what is that teaching us to me it's amazing is when you dig into these the ones who seem to have these big egos often do and the ones who don't spend all their time developing a brand are often the ones who are doing more stuff that actually is making an impact on somebody other than themselves. This is exactly what Jesus is talking about. Together, we are able to accomplish way more than we ever would by ourselves. Even Jesus had his group of disciples with him, yet Jesus went on to do what we can't do. Jesus' move was not an ego move. And we see it throughout scripture, and we can talk about it in Lent if you would like, but there's so many times where he's not wanting this. He doesn't want to do this but he has to that is an ego then it was love when we look at Elijah coming out of the wilderness and God showing his love on how other people do love me go and anoint them when Elijah is teaching Elisha and is showing him the path and ask him what he is looking for Elisha responds and then he says this is how you do it that's love. When you're recognizing the gifts that God has given you, that's love. When you are following through with what God has called you to do at whatever cost, that's love. We can misconstrue this so much. And we have to understand that each of us has been given a gift by God if not multiple gifts by God and it has given us a calling, a goal that each of us should obtain. Some of it might overlap with others and some of it might be uniquely yours. And yet we have to then continue to go and challenge and work with that and work with people when we can and to humble ourselves and realize we don't have all the answers that we need other people and even though we might be really good in something someone might be able to bring up a point we hadn't considered the beautiful thing again like what we talked about last week with a science paper having multiple viewpoints working together on something it's all about humbling the self enough to realize that you don't have it all figured out. You are not the best. You are not trying to pump yourself up. We wrestle with that in this world. We wrestle with that in this time. And it's something that as we are looking at and working together, as we're thinking about all these different things, what am I for? What am I against? Are we listening? Are we going through those gifts of the spirit that God has given us? Are we looking at those and considering those? Are we looking at what God is doing and realizing it? Is this at a time where God is calling us to go, to move forward? Or is this a time where God is calling us to sit and listen? So that when we have listened, we can get up and go. This is a get up and go gospel. And in a world in which we're in and how often we like to rebel against change, if you look at what Christ experience in the Gospels, he wasn't against change. He accepted the change and figured out what was the best way of moving forward for us. It was thinking beyond the situation. He thought out beyond it and he thought about us. It's really funny because the story that comes in Luke chapter 10 here after this is the Good Samaritan. Right after these Jewish peoples are criticizing the Samaritans. It's the Good Samaritan is the story in the parable that Jesus tells. That it might be the people that you think you're against are the ones that actually will help you. That's the things that we need to remember as we are moving forward. So, the Twitter question this week is where do you get humbled and how do you move forward? Where do you get humbled and how do you move forward? I know for me, there are plenty of places where I get humbled. The longer and the older I get, the more and more I realize that I have less and less figured out. And not just with faith, but in anything. When I'm at drum conventions, there are plenty of people who know way more than I do. And as I used to think I was one of the youngest people in the vintage drums, I have now gotten older and there are always new young people getting into it. I look at it with faith. There are still plenty of times when I think this will work or I think this will help or I think this or I think that and often it's not me that's really the big difference maker. It's God. It's using other people, it's bouncing ideas, it's obtaining help from people. That's what makes the difference and I think we have to remember that as Christians, and again, it's a way that we can share the love of Christ without ever saying a word about Christ. It's one of these things that our actions can speak louder than our words ever can. And it's our actions of including others to be able to help figure out how to move forward and not just continue to stay where we're at that speak so loud. So we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.